0: Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us tonight. If you've uh, never been with us for a family chat, you may, um, you may be still trying to figure out what in the world is going on, and, uh, and we're okay with that. Uh, if you've been with us before, you understand that you come to expect that this is part party, uh, part worship, part vision casting, part financial update, and a whole lot of fun, and, uh, and that's what we want this to be. We want this to be a fun family time, and, uh, and if you thought about it if you were part of our team and, and you thought, okay, who gets to draw the short stick and talk about money because most people would say that's not gonna be the fun part. Um, I always draw that stick. It's the nature of my role as director of administration here at Northwest, but uh, it's not a short stick. Um, if you've heard me talk before, you know that I tend to actually start crying. Uh, we'll see if that happens. Um, I do wear bike shorts, but not while I'm working, by the way. Just to clarify. That's only because the tobacco trail is right next to my office, and it's a great place to go for a ride from, and it makes sense to change at the office and just ride from there. So that's the only reason why bike shorts have ever been seen at the office, and it's not during business hours, I promise. Um, back to the task at hand. Uh, I get to tell you about our finances, uh, and uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a privilege to be able to talk about this. Um, I want to first lay out just a couple things so you understand what our process looks like here at Northwest. Um, our, uh, our elders, that we as a church... Um, call out and, and uh, recommend and then affirm as our leadership team are the, uh, the final authority on how we set our budget for the year. So through the summer, the staff goes through a process where we look at what the last year looked like. We looked at how uh, we spent money, where we uh, needed more, where we didn't need as much, and we set our budget according to uh, what has happened this past year and where we see God working and, uh, and what's going to happen this next year. Uh, we don't just take the amount given last year and say, okay, well, that money we assume it's going to come in, and now we're going to just spend it all. We don't work that way. Um, we also don't just say, everybody across the board, you get 10 or 15 or 20% raise for your ministry area, and now go use it. Um, we actually go through a more uh, zero-based process, we might call it, uh, to figure out, hey, what is God doing this next year? Where do we need to allocate the money that God's entrusted us to be able to do the ministry that he's called us to do here? Um, and that's our process. So the staff makes those recommendations, um, we compile them, bring them to the elder team, and then they look over it, they ask questions, uh, they give feedback if uh, needed, and, uh, and then they, they decide where we're going to land. Um, this, the elders also, non-staff elders, uh, determine staff compensation. Uh, It's important for you to know that. Um, These are some of the nitty-gritty things that we don't ever talk about on Sunday mornings, and there's really no other other time that we would talk about it. Uh, But we want you to understand some of the process that we go through um, as a staff and as a team, um, just so that you know that uh, it's not like I'm sitting behind a desk saying, oh, I want that amount of money this year, and I ask every other staff member what they should get. Um, The elders set that based on parameters that they've set, based on consulting with others. Um, on what is appropriate, what is generous, but not excessive, and and what is needed to be able to to keep us moving forward in that area. Um, Another thing that's important for you to know is that there's a lot of accountability measures that we've put in place for how we spend money here at Northwest. I'm going to talk about some numbers in a few minutes, and they're really great numbers. Uh, I'm not. I don't. Want, I want to. I don't want it to sound like, oh man, we're going to get into some bad stuff. And oh no, it's it's really exciting on what God continues to do. Um, and and for you to know that those numbers reflect generosity, those numbers reflect money that you've entrusted to us, that God has entrusted to you, that you've passed along, and we take that seriously. Um, some of the things that we do as far as. There's multiple layers of staff and elder approval for checks, for reimbursement, for things, um, for how we spend money, where things go. Um, we have a CPA that is part-time. Christy Baker works in the office. She's a a a CPA and she helps oversee that side of our ministry. We've slowly been giving her more and more responsibility um, so that she can take that and lead in that area. Uh, We have an outside CPA firm that audits our books. Uh, It's technically called a compilation. It's not a full audit, um, but it's uh, looking over our books, making sure everything's according to principles that are standardized in the industry. And those things are important to us that you know uh, so that you can give with confidence, that you can know that the way that we're using the resources that God entrusted to you, that you then pass on to us, that we're handling it with integrity. Um, and, and, and I say that just so that if you're the first time you've been here and you're like, they never talk about passing an offering plate. They never ask for money. Uh, it doesn't sound like K-Love or NPR when they're always begging me for money. In fact, I've never even, maybe you've never even heard us talk about money. And, and that's one of the things that is a, is a real blessing. Uh, it's something that I, I get the privilege every year of coming up here the last several years and, and sharing. Um, Just how God has been so good to us in that way and that through the generosity of our church family, we get to continue to pour back into our community, continue to pour back into your lives, into the lives of people around the world as we look for ways to see the gospel change lives. And that's um, a reflection on the generosity of this church family, 100%. Um, our, 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 our books aren't 50% covered by one anonymous organization or something that happens. It's truly from this room, um, from every single person that's part of this church family that the generosity happens that makes this ministry possible. And so um, for that, the first thing that I get to say is thank you. Um, thanks for the privilege of being part of this. Thank you on behalf of the staff and elders. Um, for what you enable us to do and the impact you enable us to make, and that's significant, and we don't take that lightly, and I hope you hear that. And some of those things that I just gave you as, as a, a little bit of an overview. Um, some of you are bean counters, or you're a, a former CPA or a current CPA, or you're in finance, and you want to know a lot more details. Um, and we're not going to get into that tonight, and I would love to talk to you more. The elders would love to talk to you more. If you have any questions, uh, if you have concerns, um, come see us afterwards. Um, we would love to share those things. Um, the numbers I'm going to share in just a second are going to be in your copy of our annual report. That you'll get as you leave tonight, um, so don't worry about having to write them down. From behind me, you'll have them here. Um, it's it's uh, it's all right here, um, and uh, and so I want to get into a couple things that are really cool. The slide behind me is going to show you three numbers. Um, the first number is that our budget for this year was set at eight hundred and twenty-seven thousand um, dollars, almost eight twenty-eight, um, and that was approximately eight percent more than last year's budget. Um, and uh, this year so far to date, we've taken in nine hundred and thirty-five thousand five hundred fourteen dollars and seven cents. Uh, That was as of last Sunday, and we still have, there were 10 days left in the budget year, including today. Um, So that actually doesn't reflect all of our income for the year. Um, So naturally, for those of you that don't want to do the math, a bigger box for the giving is greater than the budget. That's a good thing, right? Um, and And then the really good thing is that our spending, now that's not like, oh, wow, we only spent a tiny fraction. It's we didn't spend our budget Um, Now, we're not quite done with the year, so I disclaim this whole thing that there are still expenses to come in, but not to the tune of $220,000 worth of expenses, which is really exciting. There are things that haven't come in because our fiscal year technically ends in a couple days, um, and so then final reports come in and expenses come in. Um, But the bottom line is, once again, our, our, our budget is healthy, our giving is healthy, and our spending is under budget, which it's not that we think we have to underspend the budget. We could spend up to the budget, and that's okay, but we don't just spend it because it's given, and we don't just spend it because it's allocated to our ministry areas. We spend it because it's what needs to be spent to make the ministry happen, and that's how we operate. Um, you might ask the question, so what is what happens with that extra? Okay, there's a there's a chunk there. What happens? Um, So a few things have happened. Um, I'll tell you this year, a couple things that have happened. So a few years ago, we bought a house on Carpenter Fire Station Road that it was going to be our office because we thought we were going to have to move our office. Uh, We didn't end up having to move our office. So then that house got occupied by a staff member for a season. And then we turned it into a rental property because at the time we didn't have a need for anything else, but it didn't make sense to get rid of it. Um, And we thought long term, man, it'd be really cool if we could have a place that our missionaries, our global staff could come back to uh, that could be maybe an intern house someday, or could be used for ministry in some way. And it was an amazing price. It was the house cost us $130,000 a number of years ago, and um, and it's now worth probably twice that if we were to sell it today. So number one, it was it was a good investment in the sense that. Um, it wasn't a bad thing to have. Uh, it's been rented out, so the bills have been paid all throughout, so it hasn't cost us anything. And so this year, we had a little bit of a mortgage left on it, and we said, you know what, we're going to pay that off so that we no longer have anything that we have to worry about on that. So now we just have this asset that we are freed up to use however we need. It may just stay rented for a little while, but at the point where we say, hey, we have missionaries that need to use that house, or we're going to f- flip that and get... You know, we've talked about getting a condo or a townhouse so there's not maintenance on it or whatever it is. That's something that we've been able to do, not because of it was in the budget, but because a couple different years we had some extra that was able to go to that to be able to further another aspect of our ministry that we did not anticipate. Um, and so that's was, that was kind of one of those cool things that happens because we've given over and we've underspent. Um, When we first started our building process, land acquisition process, uh, there were things that we needed to do to get ready before we brought it to the church, and because of those reserve funds that we had, we were able to get started with some of the engineering fees, some of the other processes. And that was important for us because we didn't want to bring something to you guys and say, hey, we're doing this. And then, oh, wait, we can't do that. And, and we, you know, we started raising money for that. And um, then it completely changed. And we said, hey, there's no land out there that we can even buy. And so we're sorry we told you that. Um, and so that helped us get started on that process. And so I want you to know just kind of how those things work. Um, one other thing that this year we're planning to do. We haven't set a dollar amount on it yet, but we're going to give a gift to Safe Haven. Um, You know, we just sent a team there. Um, we've seen firsthand um, through people that went what God is doing there and the significance of our partnership with the Hutchersons. And there's a lot of support-raising needs outside of just the Hutchersons who we support on a monthly basis, but for Safe Haven as a ministry. And so we're going to be able to go above and beyond what we already give monthly and give a gift specifically to Safe Haven to make that ministry possible. And that's something that's going to happen because we've given and because we've underspent. And that's an exciting thing for us to be able to tell you of where, those, where that money goes. Um, it doesn't just, you know, disappear. And nobody knows where it went. It's accounted for, and we use it for specific things within what our ministry is supposed to accomplish and where we're going and where we're heading. And that's, uh, that's an exciting thing for us. Um, so I wanted you to know that. Um, so those are, those are our numbers as of right now, where we land. Um, if you're part of those numbers, if you see that number up there and you're saying, wow, 935, I was part of that, that's exciting. Thank you. Thank you for giving to that. And if you haven't, um, we'd love for you to join us in it. I know when you hear us say, well, we have more money than we need. Um, You could say, well, why do you need my money? Well, because God keeps giving us new opportunities, and there's more things that we can do as we have the funds available to do them. And so um, thank you for giving. Thank you for continuing to give. If you've not given, it's not hard. Um, We rolled out something new this year. Uh, You can send a text message. You've all got your phones in your pocket. You pull it out. You dial 84321. Put in an amount. You'll get a link back. You fill out a couple things. Boom, you're done. Then next week... You send an amount to A4321, you don't even have to fill anything out. It just sends back a receipt and says, thanks for your gift to Northwest. How easy is that? Um, We want to make those things easy for you because we don't want to be hard. We don't want to make it complicated. And so we thank you uh, for being part of giving and part of making our ministry possible. Um, A few other things that you uh, should know about. Um, We don't have 12 different funds. We don't ask you to give to make student ministry possible and children's ministry possible and life groups possible. We have a general fund, an operating fund. That makes everything on a day-to-day, year-to-year basis possible. Um, And then we have our building fund, which is for the building, for the future, for the things that are happening in that avenue. And then we have our share fund, and you've heard us talk about that. Um, Our share fund is over and above what's in our budget. That is how we are able to immediately respond to needs in our church family and in the community, um, through some of our local partnerships, even at times, we've been able to do things um, with White Oak and other areas. And, and some of that fund even goes to White Oak um, to be able to make um, the, the caring for the physical needs of our church family and of our community possible. And that's what the SHARE Fund is for. Uh, we do collect that on, on a six or so time a year basis on Communion Sundays. You can also give to it online, um, as the shirt in Jeopardy said. Um, and, uh, and that's kind of that area. And we, um, we don't necessarily look for ways to just spend that down. Um, but we don't hide from opportunities to be able to use those funds. So it's a healthy fund, and we want it to be healthy because there have been numerous opportunities over the years where we've had the opportunity to help families, sometimes with just a one-time need, but sometimes there's been a few different ongoing needs where we've been involved for a long period of time, and and it's been really great that you guys have given to that to make that possible above and beyond what happens in an operational sense. And so those are the three funds that we operate. Um, there's missions trips and other things that come up here and there, um, but we ca- try to keep it simple. We don't want to make it complicated. We don't want you to have to say, oh, well, I really like children's ministry, so I want to make sure I fund the toys over there. And I really like We take care of that. We make sure that those, those ministry areas have the money that they need to be able to operate. Um, and thank you for trusting us with that and helping us make those things possible by giving. Uh, the, the last number here before we get to what this year's budget looks like is, uh, is $1.4 million. Um, and that's uh, the highest I think we've had so far, other than maybe our pledge kickoff, um, as far as a cumulative total of the generosity of our church family, operating, building, and share. And, uh, and that number just represents uh, just so much sacrifice. That 1.4 could have gone into the coffers of, of Starbucks or Crate and Barrel or certainly Target. Um, we know Harris Teeter gets a lot. Um, and all of our other area grocery stores and Aldi and whatnot, Um, but we also know that $1.4 million of what God's entrusted our families to has come into our church and been able to be used for ministry, and we thank you for letting that be um, something that we are entrusted with, and that's a huge privilege and responsibility, and we don't take that lightly. The, uh, the last thing that I wanted to tell you is not that we're not letting you leave until we hit a certain number. Um, we, are, we are healthy, we are good, and we are excited just to tell you that this is our budget for next year. It's a 5% increase. Nothing magical about it. We looked at what's going to happen this next year. We set some goals, we set some parameters, and that's the number we landed at. Uh, it's less than the 935 than that's been given already, and we recognize that, and um, and we hope that we take in over 935 next year and that we get to continue to fill those reserve funds, continue to um, be ready for this building and what that looks like in the future. Um, and, and this is what the budget looks like for this year. Uh, there's a little bit more of a breakdown in the booklet that you can look at. Um, if you have more questions about that, um, know that it's uh, those numbers are different for each ministry area because each ministry area has different financial needs. Uh, some ministry areas don't need as much money because it doesn't require as much money to make those things happen. Some do. Um, and, uh, and that's what our budget looks like this year. eight seventy one. breaks down to $16,755.47 a week. Um, 8% more or 5% more than last year. And, uh, and we're praying that God continues to, to provide that money. Um, and, and, uh, if he doesn't, then we'll adjust as we go. Um, but we're confident that God uh, will continue to bless us in those ways as we follow after him and, uh, and we continue to be faithful with what he has provided for us. So, uh, thank you. Thanks for being part of it. Thanks for letting me uh, get a front row seat. I get to sit behind a desk and meet on Mondays with Christy to talk through finances and meet with the accounting team, and, and we get to celebrate these things. And, and it feels weird to say that, but as we look at checks go through a scanner, uh, those we know are stories of your generosity and God providing for you and you providing for us, and, uh, and we're thankful for that. So thank you. Uh, I'm going to pass it
1: off to Brian for for the continued vision of the evening. David keeps referring to this little booklet, and I can tell some of you are going, who's got the booklet? Who's got the booklet? You see, we know that because, you know, I'm that guy, right? If you'd have given me a booklet at the back, you'd be sitting there reading through the booklet, you wouldn't be listening to anything he's saying. We know that about you. So when you leave, we'll give you a booklet, but not until you listen, okay? I am so thankful for David Amon, aren't you? Uh, David... Uh, David is just, uh, I know this is probably old school term, but man he's a rock star. He just is. He uh, he knows what he's doing. He's uh, so great uh, at what he does and, and is always learning and growing and we are just blessed to have him uh, on our team. Uh, he and Shannon and their kids uh, and um, David's bike shorts, we're very grateful for that. And he has worn them during office hours too, so that wasn't exactly the truth, because I've seen you in office hours in bike shorts. <laughs> in your office, yeah, all right. I anyway, don't we, we just need to stop that right now. Well, I'm sure there are many of you that have come here tonight and you are excited to hear an update about uh, plans for our land and for our building. And uh, we want to do that for just a few moments tonight. I know that there are a number of you that are new as well, and uh, we do have limited time here this evening, and I recognize that, and I've been given very strict guidelines as far as the time that I have to talk and what I have to talk about. So let me just give you a quick uh, overview for those of you that are fairly new to Northwest so that you can kind of understand why we are where we are right now. Uh, We purchased 60 acres of land on the corner of Morrisville Parkway and White Oak Church Road in the summer of 2014. Went under contract in 2013 and then actually purchased it in 2014. And our vision was for uh, the prime corner on Morrisville Parkway and White Oak Church Road uh, that borders with the American Tobacco Trail for that to be a 20-acre ministry campus for Northwest. In fact, I will tell you this, we tried to buy just that 20 acres, and they would not sell just that 20 acres. And so we decided that we would go ahead and purchase all 60 acres, and the rest of it, uh, we've gotten site plan approved for 43 single family uh, home lots, and our plan all along has been to sell uh, that property so that we have a lower cost basis for the 20 acres uh, that our ministry campus uh, will uh, reside on. And so, you know, as things go uh, in our personal lives, uh, certainly true in my life and I'm sure it's true in your life as well, we make plans and then we set out on those plans, we, we pray and we, we trust God along the way to open and close doors uh, as uh, he will. And that's certainly what's happened uh, in this process. We've seen God do both of those things. We've seen him open doors and certainly we've seen him close doors as well. Uh, when we closed on the property in the summer of 2014, we actually had a signed contract with a builder developer, and at that time we had reasons to believe that we would not uh, have to incur cost with regards to road widening or offsite sewer or water infrastructure. And uh, we also uh, didn't really understand or or weren't aware that we were going to have to incur, because we thought it might be part of our residential development, uh, several easements that would need to be secured for uh, a sewer line that would service uh, part of the residential property and part of the uh, church property. And so the original contract that we had on the residential portion of our land was for uh, $4.5 million dollars and um, we're just going to be, this is a day of, of just kind of putting it out there, because I want you to know exactly where we are in this plan. Original contract 4.5, the contract that we have signed, that we're under contract with right now, is four million dollars, and we originally expected uh, to need our bridge financing, uh, for example, for about a year, uh, and instead we've needed that bridge financing for uh, three years uh, at this point, and those are costs that We didn't anticipate uh, at that time based on having a signed contract uh, in hand uh, for the residential uh, part of our property. And so our planning process had begun in 2013, and as many of you know, uh, construction in the Triangle area in general, but even more specifically in Northwest Cary, is just booming Uh, The Triangle area with construction booming, that raises uh, labor cost, it raises raw material cost, and we've certainly seen the effects of all of that. And so the long and short of it is that I really need to tell you that at this point we are looking at costs that could be anywhere between $1.5 and $2 million higher than what we would have anticipated in 2013 when we began our planning. Uh, Now, the good news is this, and um, I'm always a guy, you know, if you say uh, I got good news and bad news, give me the bad news because uh, I want to end with the good news so that I have hope moving forward, and that's what I want to do with you this evening. The good news is this, that when we close on our residential property, assuming uh, our contract closes uh, later this fall, Um, God willing, we will have a cost basis on the raw land uh, that we will own, uh, debt-free, we'll hold the deed to it, unencumbered, 20 acres of incredibly prime real estate in Northwest Cary, bordering the American Tobacco Trail. Our net cost will be $500,000 for 20 acres of land. And while that's not exactly what we thought, we thought we were actually going to have a 4.5 for a 4.5 with a zero cost basis, Uh, It really comes out to about $25,000 an acre for the raw land. And uh, that was a deal years and years and years ago. And I can assure you that today uh, that land is worth multiple times more uh, than what we uh, have paid and have invested. So that's really an awesome thing. When we close on uh, our residential property, uh, hopefully later this fall, assuming all goes well uh, with our contract, We will not only uh, hold the deed to those 20 acres, but we will also have uh, a little over a million dollars in cash still back into our building fund. And that is really just an incredibly amazing thing. And I know many of you, there are several of you that have been in church ministry, you've been in the church world, and you know that for a church our age especially, uh, to be in the financial condition that we're in is just really an incredible thing and i am very very grateful david talks about his front row seat to have a front row seat to it from day one to see the generous giving uh, of people over the years and the faithful continual giving and we're going to be in a really really good place financially uh, here in just a few months with regards to our building land owning the land uh, debt-free and having cash in our account so you may say well where do we go from here because i know uh, Sandy Russell was up here uh, praying this morning, and Sandy tells me all the time, are you going to get that uh, building built before I see Jesus? I hear that all the time, all right? Uh, my friend Alan Cole is sitting back there right now looking at me like, see, he just put his arm down like that because I'm looking at you. See, I'm very much aware of the audience, what's going on here. And Alan says that to me, man, I want to." and I appreciate that enthusiasm. Uh, my daughter, who is a junior in high school, said, are we going to have a building before I go to college? And I've told her, you're not going to college. We had you to take care of us in our old age, so don't worry about it. sure we're going to have a building. You're going to be here. You're going to be around. So I know you're excited. I know you're ready for that. I can assure you that nobody wants uh, to see us have a ministry campus uh, more than I do. I want that to happen. So here is the challenge, uh, and this is where we need to continue to pray. We have started to work internally on budgets. Uh, We're working uh, with our architect and with the general contractor uh, that have been so gracious, so kind to us. Most of those men and women that are sitting around the table with us while working in the secular world are believers. We're very grateful for them. We've been sitting with them, talking with them, strategizing with them, planning with them. Uh, As this contract gets further and further towards closing, we're heating those uh, conversations up more and more to see how we can best use the resources that God's provided. And so what I can tell you uh, tonight is that Uh, Be expecting uh, later this fall that I will stand up here with you, we'll present a plan to you, Um, and as I said this morning, there there very well may be some risk involved in that plan, so get ready. There was a reason for some of the words that were said this morning as well. Uh, So be ready for that, but we want to be faithful. Those that have come before us, that come before you, and have given and have been faithful and believed in a vision, uh, we need you to continue uh, to do that. As David said, we have tried to be as upfront with you. We've tried to be as uh, conscious of what's going on around us. Uh, There are people uh, that are around me that are helping with this process. I want to again, Joel Carpenter, been a tremendous, tremendous help during this process. Uh, Hours and hours and hours Joel and I have uh, spent uh, talking and strategizing and planning. And then uh, I also want to mention again, especially for those of you that are new, Ed Tang, who's sitting back there, who is a Uh, uh, probably the greatest engineer in the triangle, works for Withers and Ravenel, and comes right here to Northwest Community Church and has been such a huge blessing to Northwest and to me personally. So there are great people uh, that are around us, that are helping us, and uh, God's going to open and close doors, and we're excited, uh, hopefully here in the next few months, to present to you some concrete plans. We'll know that we own the land uh, outright, and the next step uh, is putting a ministry campus uh, on that site. So That's an update for where we are right now. When we dismiss from here, um, David and I in particular, but even Joel and Ed, they're they're not prepared for this, but I think they they know this process and the numbers and things as well as I do. Uh, We'd be happy to talk with you. Uh, So there's there's no secrets. If you have questions, uh, some of you, that update is plenty good for you. For others, that just throttled about 35 questions that you want to ask. And uh, I've sat at lunch with a number of you over the last couple years, happy to do that. Uh, with any of you, uh, so that you uh, know what's going on. If you have expertise uh, to provide or just insight to provide, uh, we welcome uh, that input. So, thanks for that. Matt?
2: I'm here. I was not on a smoke break. I just wanted to clear that up. Um, considering I was not here this morning when that comment was made, and I, when I was deep in the throes of taking care of children. Um, Anyway, so I want to say that it's great to be here tonight. Um, I wanted to give you a little brief update, kind of sort of vision of where we're going this year for Life Groups. Uh, I want to talk to you real quick about two countries that had a really, really different approach to making Jesus famous in their country. First, there was Russia, and then there was China. And you see, Russia was was overcome by communism, and communism said we're going to stop preaching the gospel, we're going to shut down the church. And so what took place was the uh, Christian culture, the culture, the church culture in Russia was dominated or really set up by cathedrals and big cathedrals. And it was also set up really based off of the person who spoke on Sunday. And so when the communism came in and took over, the church ceased to exist. However, it was very different than what happened in China. China. You see, China was led over in the dictatorship with Mao Zedong. And so here's what took place. The government comes in to shut down the church. But the people of God realized that there was one command. One command given to the church, and that's make disciples. They believed that their responsibility was to pass on what they knew. So when the church was shut down, they went underground. And the church grew under a dictatorship from 20 million to 80 million during that time period. 20 million to 80 million. And what's the difference? Because they didn't have to worry about a church or they didn't put too much um, uh, uh, pressure on the person. They understood that there was a command that was given by God to all people to go and to tell. And that is to go and to make disciples. And that's simply what they did. I went to China in 2005 and I sat with this man named Pastor Jay. I've told that story a couple of times. And I looked him in the face and he was a, he's limping from a broken leg because they tried to kill him. And he looked at me in the face and he said, uh, they're trying to kill me, but we're underground and we're training pastors to preach the gospel. And so that's my heart for us and to see disciples made. So how are we going to do that? How are we going to do that? I feel like the best Way for us to do that is through our life group ministry. Is to gather together, not in the row, but in the circle. And to really figure out, hey, how are we doing life together? Yesterday afternoon, I sat at Duke University at 6.02 with a guy in my life group who at six at 6.02 in the evening, his mother went to be with Jesus. And I sobbed next to him with he and his wife. And we prayed over her and we thanked her for her life. You, we have to have connections like that in order to walk through the valleys to be able to see who he is. And so I'm passionate about life groups. I'm passionate about being connected in the circle for you to be able to find out who Jesus is and how you can spur each other on to love and good deeds. And we have life groups. We are going to kick our season off on September the 10th. And if you're not in one, you need to be in one. Right? You need to be in a life group. And I really want you to. Ch- I want to challenge you this year to really sign up to be in one, to find out how you can get connected with other people, to walk through the highs and the lows and navigate the greatest command in the Bible, and that is, hey, I want you to go and make disciples. That's our mission. That's our mission, and we can't fail at that. So Life Groups is another, was one, is our main way that we help that take place or see that take place. I also want to give mention that um, we have a women's ministry here at Northwest that is unbelievable. It's unbelievable two way, two ways. Number one, they are... They are incredibly organized to help people encounter Jesus and to encourage each other in the different seasons of life. Second thing I think about our women's ministry is that it is multi-generational. In a church that's been been around for two years, that's very, 10 years, that's rare to have multi-generations represented in our women's ministry. And I just wanna encourage you ladies that if you're not involved in all the things that are going on in the women's ministry, then Diana Eisner is a contact, and there's a great team that she has involved with our women's ministry. That is another avenue to help us accomplish our goal of making disciples, and we cannot fail at that. So thank you for letting me talk. I'm going to turn this over to Jerry
3: now. All right. Thanks, Matt. Well, listen, a couple of real brief uh, words for you tonight. Uh, it's It's been fun to gather and to laugh together and to Man, you were here this morning just to see the history of the church and everything that God's done here. And uh, I just want to give you a couple highlights of uh, what to look forward to this year. Number one, our fall series that we're doing starts two weeks from today. All right, and we've got a graphic up here for it. It's called, I Want to Believe in God, But... And then we have three different weeks where we're really going to be tackling some of the core issues that many of us here tonight and certainly many of our neighbors and friends have. I want to believe, but I experience this. Or why does God allow this to happen? Or why is there evil in the world? Or what about science? How does that relate with faith? And all these other objections, many of which are legitimate objections that some of us have wrestled with. So for the first three weeks here in September after Labor Day weekend, we're going to be tackling head-on each one of these and really want to encourage you to be inviting some friends to that and do everything you can to uh, be at every single one of those Sundays. It's going to be a great series. Wanted to mention as well our men's ministry. I'm involved with that and uh, we're having our men's fraternity starts again in October. Uh, Wanted to throw a date by you guys on Friday night, September 22nd is gonna be a a man night activity like we have never experienced before. All right, you guys, many of you guys have been to some of the stuff that we've done and it's been a lot of fun. This one's gonna be way different. I'll just give you a little hint, it's gonna involve an indoor trampoline park. I'm not even kidding, renting out the whole entire thing, all the games, all the competitions, along with a big massive gym where we're gonna have basketball and volleyball and uh, dodgeball and stuff like that. It's gonna be ridiculous. And it's going to be amazing. So, Friday night, uh, 22nd of September, be watching your email. We'll announce that a few other times. Make sure you're signed up for it. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be awesome. Um, Men's Fraternity is an early morning Bible study. We have some midweek options for that as well. Lots of stuff going on there for our guys. Uh, We have also a few other events this year that are called Movies That Matter. All right, and when I say that, what I'm talking about is some gatherings of guys at homes, guys that have spent lots of resources on these beautiful uh, home entertainment systems, but we want to watch a movie that really matters and connects to the heart of guys and what that means for them even in their uh, walk with God. So be watching for some of those opportunities. We're having some inductive Bible studies for guys that really just want to get into God's word verse by verse, book by book, and uh, experience uh, fellowship that way. So we've got a lot of great plans for the, next, uh, for the next eight or nine months of this school year. And you'll be hearing more about that, especially on September 22nd, but beginning in October. One other thing I wanted to mention to you just briefly, um, as we just kind of kick off our vision for the year. Um, you saw the graphic that was up there a second ago that said, And you will be. And this summer, as we were talking about this year, and man, what is an overriding theme that a phrase or even a single word that we can land on that we can really focus on as a church this year, uh, this phrase, not just one word but several, came to us from the book of Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. As we've mentioned many times, we're going to be taking, starting in October, uh, many, many months and going through the first 12 chapters of Acts. In Acts 1-8, I want to read this verse to you. This is Jesus talking to his disciples in doing that, carrying along to us as well. And here's what he says. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be... My witnesses in Jerusalem and in all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And that phrase just really stuck out. Because this is Jesus promising his disciples, you're gonna be the ones to build the church and you will be my witnesses. I'm leaving, but it's good that I leave, he told his disciples, because if I didn't go, then I wouldn't send back to you the Holy Spirit that would fill you with that power and that knowledge and that ability so that you will be the church and you will be my plan and my witnesses. And that same challenge carries out to us today. And that's what we're gonna be diving into. We're gonna be diving into probably seven or eight different key words about what God says we will be and what the early church was. You will be my witnesses, you will be empowered, you will be bold you will be scattered, you will be sent, you will be on mission. The words go on and on and on and we can't wait to dive into the narrative so that we can see what God did in that early church and what does that look like for me? What should I be doing? And I love even that the name of this book is The Acts of the Apostles. It's not oh, here's what the apostles learned. Here's the information that they all took in. Because sometimes that's how we view church. It's like, oh, what kind of information can I learn? But no, it's the acts of the apostles, being sent out, doing something. And we're incredibly excited to see what God will have for us to do. And we're going to be challenging you to that end. So that phrase carries along a forward-leaning concept, right? Even as we talk about, man, well, this land, we got a contract. We're excited about what's going to be happening next. And maybe some of you guys have asked ourselves a question. Man, well, what will we be? What will this church look like when it's not meeting here, when it's on that corner, when we have a building? And those are incredibly amazing things to dream about and think about. But we really want you to ponder and pray about what will we be? We see what God promised; they will be. What is it going to look like for us? So that's going to be starting in October, um, after our fall series, as kind of kick off the school year and bring everybody back in. And I love in that passage, Acts one eight. It says, "You will receive power." And if there's one thing that we need, I know for me in my life, if there's one thing I need, there's many things. But certainly one thing is power. And you can see even the life of the disciples, right? When the Holy Spirit came upon them in Acts chapter 2, whereas before they were just timid and they were just up there praying, they were unsure what was going on. Then all of a sudden when the Spirit filled them, then Peter got down in Acts chapter 2 and laid down an unbelievable sermon. That was powerful. There was no more fear. There was authority and there was confidence. This same guy that had been scared by a little 12-year-old girl a matter of a few weeks before, right? When he denied Jesus three times. It's incredible for us to think about and one of the theme songs that we want for this next year is the idea of an unstoppable God because that's really what it's about. Even this morning, you know the purpose of this morning wasn't, hey, look at Northwest, look at how awesome we are and everything that we've done. It's we want to give God the glory for what he has done and somehow use this vehicle of the church to do it. And so, man, our prayer moving forward as a church is that it's got to be spirit-driven. And as a church, as humans, we are very easily stoppable. But when we give our lives over to God and open up ourselves humbly to his leading and to his power, that's when the church remains unstoppable and will be. So I'm gonna go ahead and ask our band to come on out here. And I'm just gonna ask us all to stand up. And I wanna pray over us here tonight. We got a couple songs that we're gonna end with. But I just wanna pray over us as a church body. And I just would ask that you would Lift your hands up and surrender. And if you would close your eyes. This is a posture that you don't have to do it. Nobody's looking around. But man, if you're here tonight, and you're uh, surrendered to God and you're willing to say to him, no matter what you want me to do, I want to step out beyond my fear. I want to enter into other people's lives that maybe I've been afraid of. You just lift your hands up and surrender to God and say, by myself, I'm stoppable. But man, with you, with your spirit, I can be unstoppable. And I surrender that to you, even here tonight. As far as what I will be, as far as whatever this church will be, Lord, we surrender it to you. We've got plans, and oh, maybe that other cool church did this, and maybe we should do that because that kind of worked over there, but God, you've got a different plan, and we want to be closely linked to you, God, and we surrender that to you tonight. So Father, I just want to ask on behalf of our church for your clear wisdom and guidance moving ahead Lord we surrender to you our own agendas our own thoughts and feelings and wants and desires and God we want to be like we see so often in the Old Testament people that rose up with one mind and with one heart and that's the that, God we want to see you glorified We want to feel your unstoppable power as we are sent out from this gathering place into a scattering place where you've allowed us to live and dwell and be a light. And so, Lord, we offer this year to you. We surrender this year to you. Be pleased as we worship God. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Let's sing this song out together. do that i just want to bring one more thought your way and that's this over and over in the old testament you see that people love to create monuments right the nation of israel would constantly be creating these monuments these stones and these visuals why so they could talk about it with their children about what god has done for them as a reminder Well, we wanted to do something here again as this being our theme for the book of Acts that we'll be starting later on and just all throughout the year, this theme of and you will be and thinking about the future and thinking about the church. We wanted to offer to you a monument as well. And uh, earlier on this week, we had a team of people, lots of kids involved, lots of parents that helped out with a little project. And what I'm holding here in my left hand is actual real Dirt from our church property. And we've got enough of these here tonight for every single family to take one with you. Because we believe that prayer works. And we believe that God knows the future. He knows what our church is gonna be. But at the same time, we know that uh, God desires for us to be praying and be postured to be the kind of church that he wants us to be. So our logo's on here with Acts 1-8 and you will be. And then this is really cool on the back. It says this, use this dirt as a reminder to pray for Northwest and our property, that we would fulfill the promises of Jesus in Acts for his church. List the things your family is praying for, that we will be, and then there's a bunch of blanks for. And I want you to take a Sharpie marker. You don't do this tonight necessarily, but you can start talking about it, especially when we get into uh, the, the, the book of Acts. You should be listing out a bunch of different things that, man, I'm praying that our church will be this and this and this. Fill this whole jar with the prayers that you're praying. Set this in your kitchen. Set it on your mantle, wherever. It'll remind you to constantly um, keep our church in the future in your prayers. And what a glorious day that's going to be. Who knows when, sooner rather than later when we can come back and we can take the dirt that you've been praying over and we can spread it out over that lot where the God's building is going to be. We know His church is us, but it would be sure nice to gather there uh, and make a difference in the world and have a location to do that. Amen. So as you're leaving, after we sing this last song, we got some folks back there that'll be giving one per family. Grab this, bring this with you, and uh, you'll hear more about this concept um, in, in the coming weeks and months, okay?